Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Providence Crier podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. And with me as always, BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Tuesday, December 21st, Christmas right around the corner. And uh, Fire fans are feeling pretty merry uh, today as we record on a Monday. PC gets goes to Hartford, gets a 57-53 to win. I was there. BOC was watching the Fox broadcast from home. And uh, BOC, first, quickly, just overall impressions of the game. What would you think? Oh, if we're going to use Christmas puns, Christmas came early. We got the win on the road, and we're ranked. So Christmas certainly came early. Um, it's a heck of a it's a it's a heck of a way to start start Big East play. And uh, I don't think you know most rational fans probably would say we were probably going to lose against UConn on the road, first Big East game back in the new conference with fans. Um, we'll talk about your experience live, but. The fact that they were able to hold UConn to 53 points, incredible. Um, there's always going to be an asterisk with Sonogo not playing, but, you know, we had a few banged up people as well with Bynum specifically, even though he played great. So, listen, this team, like, very dissimilar to last year where we just find ways to win. It seems like last year we always found ways to lose. This year we just continue to find ways to win, and it's just so refreshing. Um Everybody puts the team in front of themselves individually. There's no one person that's bigger than the team, even though you could maybe warrant that with Watson. It's just this team is so drastically different than last year, and it's so refreshing to watch. Like, I just really enjoy watching this team. And, you know, it's great to start Biggie's play on the road against a ranked team and getting a win, so I can't be happier. Yeah, for sure. And sorry about my Twitter going off there. It's the fire chat. It's been a buzz all day on Twitter. Um, but uh, – but yeah, man, I'll, I'll tell you another thing that's refreshing is to be at a game with an atmosphere like that. Because, I mean, I was at the Texas Tech game. That was awesome, obviously. Um, the URI game was also a great crowd. But something about the XL Center, I think it's a little bit bigger than the dunk. And that place was jam-packed. Uh, I think I was wrong on the fan base discrepancy. But there were certainly plenty of Friar fans in attendance for this one. Um, you know, me and the, and the Section 234 guys, we head up on Saturday morning. We got a hotel. Um, we stayed at the Residence Marriott. And uh, we got our suite upgraded. So we, like, lived in a palace. It was amazing. 
um, Harvard really trying to get rid of these hotel rooms, I think. Um, also, by the way, I thought I saw Bobby Hurley, but it, I don't think it was him because I never got confirmation. Okay. But I, I could have sworn there's like this Yukon family just walks by and I, I, he passes me and then I see him and from behind it looked like a, a tan Hurley and I'm like, oh my God, like, is that Bobby Hurley? Is he here? And he, he's, it's like him, his wife, a little girl, and then a college age kid that was like pretty tall and I know his son plays on the team. I was like, wait a minute, is he here? But I never got word. I don't think he was because Arizona State played the next day. But, uh, but yeah, we had a great time. We, we pre-gamed at, you know, the event was at the Tavern, but there was another bar that was like right next to our hotel room. So for me, it was like, all right, let's go here to pre-game. And we, so we went to like Steam Brewery or whatever. And it was a Yukon bar, man. Like they were like, like they had like the steam, like horn, you know, like the old trains, you know. Okay. They were like doing that, and then the UCLN, UConn, UConn, would break out. We hit them with a couple. Uh, Let's go, fire chance. Uh, it was fun. Um, I heard. Yeah. Uh, I heard there were there were rumors that certain Connecticut friars that traveled with you did not partake in the friar chant. So maybe there might be some torn allegiances there. Uh, those rumors are true. Uh, I won't drop names. Um, but yeah, yeah, we broke out the chat and they were indifferent about it. Clearly they wanted Providence to win. They were cheering for Providence, all that stuff. But yeah, they, they didn't want to get into the back and forth. Uh, I guess I don't blame them. But because uh, I had a few run-ins. It's pretty funny, BLC. You know, when we were at uh, the tournament in Newark, you were all about telling me, you know, you can go nuts, but but don't cross the line. Be disrespectful. I've taken that to heart this year, I think. You know, I've had my bad moments in the past. And this year, I've been relentless. But I, I've kept it in between the lines and kept it classy. UConn fans, we can't say the same for. Because there is this guy sitting about, like, five rows below us. And, like, early in the game, UConn starts hitting some shots. He's chirping at us. We're chirping back at him. And, uh... And, you know, PC also mounts that big lead towards the end of the half. And, and like, right before halftime, me and one of the Section 234 guys started Let's Go Fire chant, like, screaming, like, at this guy, like, directly at him. And he gets up and turns around and just – I'm not going to repeat what he said, but totally uncalled for comment to uh, our, our good friend there. And uh, just totally out of line. And I wanted to narc on him, but the guys wouldn't let me. I was ready to call security. I actually tried to call security, but nobody picked up. Uh, I, I'm usually never a narc, and I'm against narcs, but this was just totally uncalled for. I wanted this guy out. But uh, he, ended up, he ends up staying. So, like, when the game is getting, you know, it, it's over, we start waving him goodbye, and he tries to, like, it's like a come-at-me-bro moment. He's trying to climb the stand, like, the rows to try and get at us. His buddy's just, like, ripping him by the shirt. Trying to pull him down. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, they didn't have much to cheer about the entire game. And, like, Providence was the better team from start to finish. You know, UConn went on, had, I think, a 9-7 lead. Then we took the lead from there on out. And we were the better team throughout the entire game. So, I'm sure, besides the end-of-game snafus that we had, and we'll talk about that, 
for the most part, it probably was a relatively quiet game because we were in control for most of it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. The crowd was too, I can't imagine the crowd was too, too crazy besides when they made a few spurts. Dude, when they made the runs, it got really loud. Uh, one, one, one moment in particular, I think they cut it to six, and they're going crazy, and everyone's standing. I couldn't really see who, who rips the shot, but it was Bynum. Uh, uh, that's when Bynum buried a three to make it nine again, right? That was yes. that was honestly besides besides Durham's shot to put it up four again. I think that was the shot of the game. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because everyone's going nuts. So I turn around because there's about like 10, 15 rows like like behind us. And like I'm like, I'm like, yeah, what up now? And I'm like sitting on the, the edge of the seat behind me, and I almost went ass over tea kettle. And I almost just just did just then trying to reenact it for you, BOC, on the Zoom chat. But stay, stay yeah, I almost, and everyone started laughing at me. It was a little embarrassing, but who cares? We got the win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you look at UConn, I know they didn't have Sonogo, but what did I tell you about their offense, man? Like they are, their offense is not very good. No, that's just actually Especially without Sonogo. Yeah. But a same amount of points scored against us as they did against West Virginia. Um, right. and you know, Martin got, Martin had 15, Cole had 16. Cole was 16 on 5 of 19, so he'll take that all day. Martin and 3 of 5 from the free throw. And he missed two in, in one trip at one point. Yeah. That was big. And Martin, it's I, – I don't know if uh, he's just hesitant, but I said to you guys in the group chat, that guy is a, is a nightmare when you're guarding him. He should be attacking the rim at will every single, every single time he has possession because – he was one of five from three, and every single time he attacked the hoop, he got whatever he wanted around the rim. So I don't know if he's, you know, obviously he's still coming back from injury, but he was like a, it was a wrist injury, right? So I don't know why you wouldn't, I don't know why he wouldn't attack more. But if I'm Hurley, I'm telling him, listen, dude, you need to you need to drive every time because he was blowing by our guys, and um, I think they tried to expose that a little bit in the second half, but it was a little bit too late for that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's where the game was lost for UConn, if you think about it, because. They went, they went uh, eight of twenty nine from three. And are they are they known as a three point shooting team? I didn't think so. I thought they were known as like a hey, we're gonna beat you up inside. We're gonna play great defense, and we're just gonna kind of suffocate you. Almost, almost a mirror image of what we do. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was literally just gonna say they're kind of like us inside out, but they hit more shots probably typically. <laughs> but I mean. And if you look at those, it wasn't like it, there was a ton of open looks, too. They were contested no. for the most part, um, and they just weren't falling. Meanwhile, PC on the flip side, we only shoot 33% from three, but we only took 15 of them. So we're 5-15. You know, we make three less than them, but on 14 less attempts. So and I'm, take I'm that good with, day of the week. I know. Like, how many times last year was it, like, was it so apparent that we just couldn't make any threes? But we still ended up chucking up like 25 threes and ended up just getting blown out of the game because we couldn't realize that we weren't a good shooting team. Like, yeah, 33% from three isn't great. But I'd rather, you know, I'd rather realize that and then just work it in the post or inside and not attempt 33s when it's not falling. So good, good on my end. And I'm happy to see UConn take the opposite strategy when they went 27% from three. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, BOC. You look at Durham, he only took one. You look at Manaya, he only took one. 
Um, Reeves took eight. He makes four of your five. Then Bynum goes one of three um, for your other one there. But, yeah, let's talk about A.J. Reeves because he's probably, you know, the man of, of the hour for that game, even though it was sure. a pretty good team win. Uh, and it's not like he went totally berserk, but 16 points, four of eight from three, three rebounds uh, in assists. He didn't really crash the glass as much as we hoped, you know, that we talked about on the pod going in, but it really didn't matter. Um, his his three-point shooting was killer for, for UConn. And it, it seemed like everyone he made was, like, big time. When when one of Horkler or Reeves starts getting hot from deep, it changes our entire, our entire offensive game plan, and it just raises the ceiling so much. Like, we wrote about this in the article, which you can check out on the website, but – there was one point where Reeves had hit like two threes in a row and he came off a screen. He came off a screen set up in a hot set up uh, on the perimeter by Croswell and Croswell after setting that screen slipped to the hoop. And because they were so focused on Reeves, not burying another two defenders came to Reeves Croswell cut to the cut to the rim, easy wide open pass for a dunk. That doesn't happen if Reeves isn't knocking those down. So when we can unlock a Reeves specifically, but also Horkler when he's knocking them down from three, it just creates, you know, it, we're eleven to one for a reason. I think we're a really good team. But when when we're clicking like that, I I'd put us up against any team in the country, honestly. Yeah, for sure. And speak good transition, BOC, because we were dead wrong about Ed Crosswell, man. Oh my god, <laughs> Ed yeah. Crosswell month maybe. Who knows? <laughs> he just he just knows. Another great thing about this team is like everybody just seems to know their role and they're cool with it. Like how many times. You know, have we have we talked about in the past like players not knowing what they're good at or what they should be doing, and it's just so infuriating. It seems like everybody has bought in to what they need to do. I know it's all uh, sunshine and rainbows because we're eleven and one coming off a big one and we're ranked. We'll see what happens after a loss or two, which inevitably will happen, I think. But everybody seems to know exactly what they need to do on this team, and it's just like really refreshing. Croswell's bought in completely as that low post bully who's going to uh, beat you up you know, get some rebounds and is not afraid of a little contact and not afraid to take contact, but also enforce it a little bit too. So Croswell, again, like we thought he was going to be uh, undermanned in this game because of the length and athleticism of the front court of UConn. And we were just, me specifically, I was just dead wrong. He just yeah. continues to make me look like an idiot. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, again, no snow go, but Crosswell still comes in 15 minutes, five of six from the floor, 11 points. Really can't ask for much more, four rebounds as well. Um, so I guess if we talk about some of our keys to the game, I brought up the free throw line being, you know, a bit a big opportunity there as both these teams get to the line a ton. This game, not so much. Uh, you know, PC took 14 free throws. UConn takes seven, or excuse me, 13. And uh, we were 43%, but they weren't much better. They were 54%. So it really kind of came out in the wash end of the day. Yeah, I mean, maybe – so free throws were important, but not for the reason we thought. Yeah. <laughs> because say, say, say we go 43% and UConn does its normal, whatever it is, 70 75%, whatever they come out to, they probably end up winning this game. Um, so they our both teams sucked from the charity stripe, especially us at the end, which is – I think we'll get to the end of the game sequence in a little bit, but um, hey, it's, it's a wash and you just kind of wash your hands of it, no pun intended. Yeah, and um, 
actually, if you go onto YouTube.com and you can get a full replay of the game at the 250 or 2550 mark of the video, Whaley's at the line. I think it was UConn's second trip to the line. And I, I was back at, at my screams, my high-pitched screams. Uh, and you can faintly hear me. And I'm all the way in the second level, all the way up. Uh, and you can faintly hear the crier in the background screaming. Making, making an impact in enemy territory. That's I, you know, I, I just do whatever I can, you know, to help the team. Yeah. Uh, but um, some of the other notes from this game, turnovers, we only had six. That's a recipe exactly. for winning on the road. Yeah, it really is, and I, I think that was critical, especially when you think UConn was struggling so much in the half court. If they had more transition opportunities, maybe this game, you know, has a totally different script. And also, they were—I think they, if I recall, um, I should remember this is only two days ago—they uh, were pressuring us the entire length of the court. So yeah, they were good ball, good ball handling. Like, hey man, if you're getting six or seven turnovers a game against a nationally ranked squad like UConn. Great job. Great job by our backcourt. Um, so obviously the health w- was a big theme as well. No Sonogo. Martin's back. We talked about Martin. He had a good game uh, for the most part, except from, from three-point line. Um, Breed, or excuse me, not Breed, Bynum, first game back. Once again, I, I couldn't ask for much more from him in his first game back. Comes off the bench, plays 26 minutes. Nine points, six rebounds uh-huh. for the lowest guy in the court. But, but by the way, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this live, but they announced Bynum was out of the game. Like it's before injured. the game, before the game, they were like, Bynum's not suiting up. He's not playing. And then really? sure enough, you see him run onto the court. I'm like, what the, what the hell is going on here? And I was <laughs> obviously, ex- I was excited about it, but they said like, you know, out of the game, Sonogo, active, Martin, inactive, Bynum. And then. You see him run on. So that might have just been a, a mix up by uh, Fox, but we needed him and he played great. And, uh, you know, that, that three point shot, like we said, uh, biggest shot of the game. Yeah. So, and he also had, you know, a few buckets early in the first half to set the zone. Um, he's, so he's on here for, hold on. Oh, yeah. So he had two steals. He, he literally just ripped it right from. Awesome. Cole's hands, like two possessions. It was like two out of the last three possessions. It was like in a sequence there, just yeah. picking his pocket. It was awesome. Yeah, that he was that, like, I've never thought of Bynum as a great defensive player, but he's, again, proven me wrong this year. He's had, he's had a couple of plays where he just swipes the ball away from them and from the opponent and like leads to a fast break transition, which is what we need. Um, so, yeah, great. To, I didn't have any expectations for him heading into this game, I actually thought he was going to be out. So to see him do what he did, it was just, one, it was needed, but two, it was just awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's get to the the bad stuff, I guess. Uh, Towards the end of the game, you know, PC pretty much in control from the jump in this one. They build their lead in the second half to, I think, 15 points. Is that how far it got? Yeah, Yeah. I think so, right? And Go ahead. I was going to say it was um, – we were hovering around – at most it was 15, but we were, for the most part, hovering around anywhere from, like, 10 to 15 the entire second half. It was, like – it was really impressive because you knew – you knew a couple runs were going to come, and, like, when you can build up that much of a lead, similar like we did against Wisconsin, like, you 
can withstand the runs. Yeah. Um, so he, here it is, actually. We were up 48-32, so 16, with 10-41 left. What is with these last 11 minutes of games? I, I mean, that, that's – again, it's a good teaching moment. We need to learn how to – we need to learn how to close out uh, close out games because one, we won against Wisconsin, we won against UConn, but those – both games were a lot closer than they should have been. Like, we didn't – how much did we end up winning by Wisconsin off the top of your head? Like, three or four points? Um. Yeah, I think it was four. But like, but I remember Five. like that game. That game should have been like a ten to fifteen point victory. This one, this one probably should have been ten points as well. Because if you remember, and we'll get we'll get into this. It was probably one of the more frustrating sequences I've seen as a Friar fan, and that's saying something. Um, we get the re- Durham gets the rebound. We're up seven with like a minute and a half, two minutes for the exact time. Seven. You know, we're at worst going to burn thirty seconds of the shot clock. Uh, we don't get a basket, and then they get the ball down seven with a minute left. Instead, Durham, for whatever reason, just decides to extend his arm and punch Martin in the face. And as soon as I saw it live, as soon as I saw it live on TV, I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Because that rebound essentially ended the game. Yeah. And as soon as they did that, I like was texting in the group, and I try and be like, as much as I want the Friars to win, like being a ref sucks, and I try and be impartial with that stuff. As soon as I, he did that, I go, "Okay, that's a flagrant. They're going to get two free throw, free throws and the ball back." Sure enough, they show the replay, and it's like clear as day. I'm surprised actually. I'm surprised he didn't get kicked out of the game um, because there was just there was it wasn't like incidental. It was very clear what he was doing. And Durham like has won us a lot of games this year. It was just complete brain fart on his end. So they not <laughs> so they knocked the two free throws down. Then there's a traveling call on Whaley, if if I remember. So now we're at now we have the ball up five. And we have a chance to burn like 30 seconds. Durham gets pressured, full court press, and just decides to drive to the drive to the hoop and throw up a really ridiculous layup shot with maybe 20, 20 to 25 seconds left on play clock. They get the ball, they go in transition and they bury a three. So it was just like for as good as Durham has been all year, that was two of the more idiotic plays of the season. And it made it it we I, we we should have won that game by 10 points and we were very close to losing it because of the that sequence of events so we just need to yeah and you actually it, nailed it BLC. <laughs> yeah no it's like it's a i mean i nailed it because i was like it's it's burned into my brain i was like oh god um <laughs> but like it, we win we win ugly so who cares but it's just really frustrating to you know leave these games saying like, man, we should have really won by like 10 or 15 points and it wins a win. It's better than losing, but we need to learn how to close out games because that easily could have been a loss. And I know Friar fans would have been so upset given that we were the better team for 38 of the 40 minutes. And we gave them a chance to win that game. It wasn't like UConn earned it. We gave it to them, especially with free throws too. So just, that's my, that's my rant. I need to get that off my chest. I could sleep easy now. Um, but it's just Good. we need to learn how to close out games better. Because so it's funny with the Al Durham thing. Um, we were behind, so we were upper level behind um, center court, but behind the benches. And just the way it happened, I kind of saw an arm fly, but I didn't see Martin get hit. So they blow a whistle, and all of a sudden they're going to the monitor, and we have no idea what happened. We couldn't. We couldn't see it. And 
we're freaking out. They go to the monitor. All of a sudden, it's UConn's ball, and I'm like going nuts. Like I have, we thought this was like a phantom foul, like nonsense to try and get UConn back in the game. We were going crazy. Uh, so it was kind of funny in, in the text chat, you know, from you watching on TV and us at home the next day. We're like, what was that flagrant for? And you're like, what are you talking about? He clearly hit him in the face. Yeah, it, we it's got tough when you're in person. We got blocked. We got blocked. But um, but also, you know, from your experience watching uh, the, the broadcast on TV, you wrote in our recap article, not a big fan of Don Marshall, huh? No. <laughs> so clearly Marshall knows his hoops, right? But there were so many instances where his UConn bias was just showing, like, drooling over UConn being back in the Big East. It's like, all right, enough enough you know there's two teams playing here and then there were a couple calls where it's like all right you got to be impartial as an announcer there was one play where Reeves tried to do an up and under and um Whaley absolutely raked his entire arm and Marshall's like yeah you know he got ball first and then he got ball and then all, then arm it's like no 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 he raked his arm it's apparent like they showed the replay and he must I'm surprised he didn't do like a mad call but I was like my bad that was a terrible call um and then there's another one where RJ Cole got called for the, the flop warning. And he was like, yeah, he just fell over. Uh, it, it wasn't a flop. He just fell over. I'm like, bro, he's been doing this all game. Like it's, it's a, it was long overdue that call. So I think obviously, he knows. I think he's a great announcer, but that, and obviously I'm biased as a Providence fan, but it was apparent he was leaning one way and it wasn't Providence's way. Yeah. So I, I guess we just have to deal with Donnie Marshall as like, our Fox Sports version of Jay Billis is, I think, what you're getting at. Although yeah, Billis yeah. tries to like make it like apparent that he's not being biased, and it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah but, but he's so. guilty of that too. Um, but yeah, so I mean, gotta clean up the free throws, gotta clean up the late game execution. But other than that, we gotta be happy with, with what went down. PC gets the win. Improved 11 and one. And guess what, BOC? We're ranked. We did it. Number 22. We finally, uh, you know, yelled at everyone that we could possibly yell at to get a ranking. And here we are, number 22. What were your thoughts oh, yeah. on the ranking? So <laughs> people are going to think we're lunatics, but 22, 22 is not high enough. I, you look yes. at the resume, 11 and one, four quad wins, the most in the country. Two of those quad one wins were on the road. Um, if you took away the name Providence and inserted any other blue, blue blood name, it, we would, that team, that same exact resume would be a top 15 at worst resume. So I'll take the ranking. I'm pumped about that. It seems like we will that into existence or they just got fed up with us enough where they're like, all right, enough, just rank this team. I, I don't care. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to be ranked. And I, I think a lot of the AP poll, poll voters were probably rooting for UConn just to like shove it in all the Providence fans faces but uh you know we defied the odds so 22 ranking that's great we have Georgetown coming up uh that's all this week so um chance to steadily climb up the ranks and uh continue to be nationally ranked which we haven't been uh in five years if I recall um yeah 2016 yep yeah that's that's crazy so like one, it's warranted. It's absolutely warranted. I think we should be higher. Like, if you, if you were to ask me what I think we should be, I would say anywhere from, like, 15 to 18. Um, I think we'd be fair and reasonable. Um, but I'll take the 22. And 
it's it's funny hearing some comment commentary from uh, college basketball writers like Gary Parrish was like, I know everything about Providence's resume. And somebody was like, how do you know about Providence? And he said, because uh, Providence fans won't shut up about their resume. So it's just, it's great stuff. And like, you know, we're obviously a smaller program and we're not nationally ranked often, exemplified by the five-year hiatus. Um, but our fan base is just so faithful and loyal to the team. And I think, I hope the team, I hope the people at, at Providence, they recognize that because it's really rare. Yeah, for sure. And the Gary Parish fan, we got to find this fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess he's an erotic artist, according to Gary Parish. I, I, uh, he didn't I want did a some, blogger because he liked your art. I did some, uh, so we have a good Providence following. Obviously, we would, we would love some more. Uh, so there's a self-promotion there. But um, I, I did some Twitter stalking today. I couldn't find anybody. Uh, so if this person happens to stumble upon the Crier podcast, uh, you know, send us some art. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it. And maybe we'll have. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not. <laughs> no, no, don't go there. We got. I can go there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think they should be a little bit higher. Um, I'm fine with it being 22, is what it is. Um, but you're totally right. I mean, but it is interesting because Kentucky, they their game. I think they're playing. Um, Oh, who were they supposed to play that, that had the back out? Uh, it wasn't UCLA. It was somebody else. No, yeah, because they were playing Ohio State. I forget. But anyways, they get UNC, and they kill them. Yeah. And they only jump one spot. Mm-hmm. However, Andy Katz, if you saw this, he put them as a number 10 team in the country. That's crazy. It, it's just, like, ridiculous. Well, also, not <laughs> – I uh, – I, Talked about this in the group chat. I was going to lose my mind if Villanova was still ranked ahead of Providence. They're one spot below us, but it's 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 shocking to me that Villanova is even ranked at this point. Eh, see, I'm not totally shocked, only because they've played a really, really tough non-conference schedule. They do have four losses. That is a lot for, you know, not even January yet. Um, but their their one win, granted, is against their one good win is against Tennessee, Tennessee. right? Do they have any no. other like really strong wins? No, right? No, but yes, but still, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, them dropping two games in a row by twenty points, twenty plus points, and scoring I think only thirty six in one game and fifty six in another. Not good for Jay Wright and Villanova, but um, I'm not going to talk smack about Nova just because I know how this operation works. Uh, yeah. Jay Wright will f- get them fixed. I think they may not be the final four contender that we thought going into the year, but he'll get them fixed. I think they can probably still even win the Big East, but uh, we got a ways to go before that is determined. Um, and then I guess uh, we got into it with one of the voters. What was his name again? Uh, Luke something. From, Luke uh, DeCock. Yes, yes. That, that yes, was it. from the News uh, and Observer in Raleigh. Put us at 26. Poor <laughs> Poor Luke is like probably, you know, he's he's definitely not mailing it in, or maybe he is based off where he had Providence ranked. But um, you know, it's Monday of Christmas week. You know, he's probably just sending this in, the obligatory send in the rankings. He's like, all right, it's gonna be a nice holiday week, it's gonna be probably relatively quiet and slow. And he and he happens to put Providence at 26. And <laughs> you look at all and he's from Raleigh. It's not like he's from New England. You look at all the replies on Twitter, 
sorry, I'm laughing so hard because it's just so ridiculous. Um, you look at all the replies on Twitter and it's all Providence fans saying like coming out of the woodwork, like what the hell is wrong with you? How, like, how is this allowed? How do you have a vote? How do you have a say in this? And it's just like the point I made earlier, which is Providence fans are ruthless and I love every second of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that's what the kids call these days getting ratioed where you have way more comments than you do likes about, about your uh, poll that you submitted. Um, and then we have people on Twitter freaking out about the fact that they posted the rankings and every single team had a logo. Sometimes. That's so, that's so fitting. I saw that like freaking Colorado state has a logo. And we all... uh, unbelievable. And like, <laughs> Yeah, and finally they got one in there. It's a little scrunched, but but it's in there now. Thank God. Um, but it's so funny. I, I told that to a uh, buddy of mine whose podcast I went on, uh, the theater and college hoops, yeah. and he was just like, "Oh my God, the hyenas! Like why? Like why do they have to do that to the hyenas? They're gonna be so pissed." He calls our fan base hyenas because he thinks we're lunatics. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> we, we are. We are though. I think it's like I think it's valid. Like. This guy probably had like a hundred comments on his AP poll ballot, and like ninety of them were about Providence, and he's based in Raleigh. Oh man! All right, so we're gonna take a quick break and then wrap up the show with. Uh, we're not gonna go super in depth. We're, we're gonna be honest because we're kind of still celebrating this win, but we'll give a little preview of Georgetown. Uh, we'll wrap up the pod. We'll talk about some other stuff going on in the NCAA, but first a word from our sponsors at Anchor. All right. Welcome back to the Province Crier podcast. All right, BOC, only one game this week. Uh, Friars get their first Big East home game against uh, the Georgetown Hoyas. That game will be on Wednesday on Fox Sports 1, I believe, uh, at 6.30. I, th- I think I'm taking this one. I think I'm taking this one off, BOC. This weekend was a little too much. I need, I need a day off from going. That's to okay. Game. That's that's okay. But if they happen to lose, I'm blaming it on you. Fair, fair. Uh, and we know well uh, Georgetown was a thorn in our side last year. Yeah. And this year, you know, similarly, they're off to a slow start. Um, Patrick Ewing's team's last year was really bad to start the year, and. They actually got a win against Providence, big comeback, Chaudy Air Bio. And uh, then you come from or Georgetown from there, just goes on their, their magical run, wins the Big East. But here they are again. Um, they lost a lot of guys from that team. Dante yep. Harris still there, but they lost a lot of key guys. Wahab obviously goes to Maryland. Um, but uh, how's, that, how's that working out for him? Not good. Him and him and Fats Russell. You should know his yeah. research on Fats Russell. It's uh, almost, although uh, it's I, al- I did see Danny Manning did get a win though, so maybe he can write the ship there. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but uh, you know this Georgetown team is young, but they are talented. They have two freshmen. One is way better than the other at this point. But um, Aminu Muhammad is the real deal, man. We've talked about in the pod before. I watched him in that Syracuse game, just carve up that Syracuse zone. This guy's a stud. Uh, 6'5". He's, like, built like a big man, but but he's got handles. He's got a good feel for the game, can really score. Um, man, he, Georgetown's got, got one in uh, 
Aminu Muhammad. Hopefully for them, he can stay longer than one or two years. I think I think he's probably going to leave after this year. Um, he's putting up fifteen and nine, and he's he's a great player. He's got a pro body. Um, I think at best he maybe stays one more year to develop his game and refine his game even further and be a, a lock for the lottery. Because I think right now he'd probably be like a fringe first or second rounder, probably lower half of the first round. Maybe staying another year will help him. He's a stud, complete stud. They have obviously Matumbo, Matumbo's kid, uh, Ryan Matumbo, who's there. He'll develop. Uh, he's more of a longer-term project, which you expect with most big men. Most big men don't come in ready uh, from the jump, which is where I think the Wahab uh, transfer really hurts because he could have learned that he could have developed under Wahab for a year or two. Um, yeah, but then you mentioned that Harris, who's still a good, a good, a good point guard. He's young. He's only a sophomore. He was like kind of the uh, the darling last year during the run. Uh, they have a senior in Rice who knocks down about fourteen a game. Um, you can't take them lightly. And I think if we've learned anything, like especially in the Big East, you can't let up on any games because you'll lose. And this is a game like. No games are gimmies. This is probably closer to a gimme. It's at home against a lower, lower, I guess, uh, lower tier Big East squad at this in this year. Um, so they should win this one. But if they take their foot off the ga- gas and you know look at their national ranking and are content with that, they will lose. So they need to come in ready to play. And I think this team has enough experience and leadership where that won't happen. But we'll see. And obviously, Twitter is just you know typing characters and hitting send, but. You kind of saw that from a lot of guys today with the ranking. I saw from Al Durham. I saw from Reeves. I saw from Bynum. All of them kind of had the same message, like, yay, we're happy that we're ranked, but we got a lot of work to do the rest of this year. And you'd love to see that, to be quite honest with you. So hopefully they don't let their foot off the gas. But, yeah, I mean, Georgetown's six and five, so it would not be a good one to drop. Um but on the flip side, you look at Georgetown, they they score 77 points a game. So, so they're pretty, you know, pretty high-octane offense. Um, I mean, th- that ranks 83rd in the country, much better than us, sitting at 239 right now. Yep. Um, but uh, point differential is only four. So that just goes to show you right there, clearly defensively, there has been some lapses for the Hoyas. Um, which you would probably expect from a young team, right? Um, but yeah, you know, one one thing I'll give you in credit for, I, I think he gets a really um, he draws a tough end of the stick as a coach because he's had so many like unfortunate things happen to his program, whether yeah. it be guys transferring, guys leaving early, like whatever it may be. He's just always dealt a shitty hand. It seems like. But one thing I'll give you in credit for is his teams always compete. So you definitely got to bring your A game uh, on Wednesday because they're looking to go in there and get a top 25 win on the road for sure. Turn their season around. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, it's, you know, there's never a dull moment in the Big East and this will, this will be a test. It'll be probably one where we hope we win by double digits and it'll be two minutes left in the game and we're, up or down one, and we're stressed out again. So that's just life in the Big East. Yep, for sure. All right, so um, let's just wrap up then. A few things I saw, you know, around the Big East, outside the country. Today we're recording on a Monday. Today was supposed to be a doubleheader in the Big East of Seton Hall, DePaul, I believe, and then um, 
or excuse me, Creighton DePaul and St. John Seton Hall. Both those games not happening tonight due to COVID. Um, one, going back to the UConn game quickly, I was terrified this game was going to get canceled. You saw Memphis get canceled on Saturday, yeah. like 40 minutes before the game or something like that. Um, so I, I was nervous about the PC1 getting canceled. Luckily, we got it in. Um, but, yeah, COVID's really starting to make its effect again over all sports, um, CBB included. So, it Yeah, it's – um. <laughs> <laughs> we made a joke about this on the last pod. Like the only thing that may be able to stop Providence again, similar to 2019 years, COVID. <laughs> so let's let's hope that I doesn't happen. <laughs> I I know it'll be like the magic. It'll be like a magical run where we're like you know like 17 and two, and we're top 10 in the nation, and then just COVID shuts everything down. Um, I think that I think uh, we're in a much better, relatively speaking, much better place in the knowledge of this thing. So hopefully we have some better. Uh, remedies and you know action action plans should things get even more out of control. But let's worry about that when it comes. No no use in uh, worrying about that now. Let's just to take take it day by day. That's true, BOC. Okay, so I, I guess some of the other big matchups this week in the Big East. Villanova's got a chance to kind of redeem themselves. They're hosting Xavier, number eighteen Xavier, on uh, Tuesday. So today, um, seven p.m. on FS1. That's really the, the only big, big East game. I mean, you got Seton Hall to Paul. That might not even happen. Um, I think they're, I think both of those teams I, I read were testing and getting better, but they don't, they still don't know if they're going to get the game in or not. Um, yeah, it's kind of a yeah, white I mean, week, huh? Yeah, it really is. I mean, you look at it, Butler's playing St. John's. Butler got absolutely waxed by Purdue. Purdue yeah. uh, over the weekend, kind of disappointed, Butler. I, you know, I didn't think they were going to be amazing this year, but I definitely thought that they would have a bounce back season. Young team last year, uh, and I mean, there's still a long way to go. They're only seven and three, but in that game in particular, that game usually Butler shows out pretty well. In the I forget what they call it, but they do like that Cross, Indiana Crossroads Classic. Yeah, so. Kind of disappointed by them. They get absolutely whacked. But um, so they're playing the Johnnies. Um, I, love, yeah, I, I love this Xavier line plus five, plus five Xavier. See, I'm going to disagree with you because I think that's a fishy line. You if it's fishy, go the other way. <laughs> like, why yeah. is Nova a five point favorite after clearly they're playing like crap? They are at home, so that's normally what three points. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's uh, that's an. I mean, Xavier's playing unreal. No, 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 no doubt Dude, about so that. You, so you said, so you said you think Villanova will still win the Big East. I, I said this in our group chat. I think, I think X is by far the best team in the Big East right now. Nunji is playing out of his freaking mind. Fremantle's still getting healthy. They have Scruggs. They have Juan Odom. They have Kunkel. They're their team is stacked. Like it wouldn't. I think they actually might be like a dark horse national title contender. Yeah, possibly. Um, I, I think you can honestly debate right now. I would have absolute faith in saying Providence, Seton Hall, UConn, Nova, and Xavier can all win the Big East this year. I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah, I I, I would agree. How about all right. How- 
we can wrap it up real quick, but how about if uh, how about if Marquette knocks off UConn? Marquette's at home too. Um, Marquette knocks off UConn. <laughs> that'd be great. Oh, that'd be so funny. I, I don't know what Hurley would do. Poor Hurley, you know, he, he's the only one in the country wearing a suit these days. It seems like and he's all dressed up. Game and it's gonna go to the post game presser beaten by Ed once again. Oh man, gotta love it. I know, but yeah, I mean, that, that dude, this biggie season is gonna be wild, so expect the unexpected, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, Marquette, uh, I didn't watch that game, but didn't they keep it close with Xavier and Xavier just pulled away at the end, like mm-hmm. pretty convincingly? Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, you know, Marquette's a good competitive team this year, too, so. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, everybody, if you're following along in the pod, um, keep it coming. Give us a rating if you like. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. Um, all ratings welcome. If you think we suck, we want to hear it. So let us know. Uh, also, we'll have a, a game preview for you for uh, tomorrow at some point. Um, much more in depth than than a quick one we gave you today, but we all know the the big the big story is the UConn win and the ranking. So um, for not for now on the crier, follow me at Province Crier. He's BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. That's a wrap. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com, and have a good one, Friar Tom. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, babe Cross over, I might go to L.E.U. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, ayy Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like Amy Hope, ayy I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah Static, we at the top just like the attic. Yeah, the top. This year we taking over March Madness. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke, when I'm way above the hoop, babe. Cross over, I might throw the hell of you. But they sleeping on me while I take them back to school. Man up in my city, I'm the truth.